had no swag. I can admit you that. didn't even look like a linebacker. <laughs> Fam, if I didn't I know that. better, if I didn't know better, I thought that you were Seahawks security. You Damn! Did, you did, bro, you did not look like a <laughs> linebacker. About three months he hit me. Like, oh, dude, you done. You, you done. You don't get to go to the VMAC anymore. You don't get to put on these shoulder pads anymore. You don't get to hang out in the locker room with your brothers anymore. And it hits you and it hits you hard. The number one pick that they pick. That the Seahawks take? That the Seahawks take. They're taking. What's up, y'all? Welcome to KJ All Day. I'm with my guy. My main man, G. Scott. What up, baby? <laughs> you lying. There is no way I'm your guy. This is the first time I've been to your house. Only been there for three years. And for three years, you're telling everybody I'm your guy, and you ain't never invited me to your crib. First of all, thank you, and you give me no yeah. tour. No tour. No tour. Usually, a lot of my other friends, they yeah. come on in, come and see the kitchen and the bathroom. When I first moved in this house, I had my 30th birthday party. Money Mike was here. Jump in. Uh -huh. Did you get the invite? I did. My, my, my wife messed her foot up. <laughs> she what messed happened? her foot up. I, I, I was going to come. I got invited, but that's not as personable, right? It's a whole no, crowd should, I, of people. You should be over for dinner. You should no. be over for dinner. But then again, I look at it like that. There's two different KJ Wrights. There's a KJ Wright that used to play. Mm -hmm. And then there's this new KJ Wright. This KJ all day stuff. I'm on the there's, other side. You reborn. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? Reborn, rebrand, re-everything. I'm on the other side right now. I just saw your ex-teammate, Russell Okun. Yeah. He he reborn. You see that that picture? He, he too damn skinny. Russ, put... <laughs> 250, bro? What is he, 250? No, he, he look about 225. Russ, get up to 250, bro. No, he, he look good. He, he look good. I'm, too, I'm 245, and I look good. Yeah, you do. Justin Britt, shout out to your Justin, teammate, Justin, Justin Britt. Skinny. He looking good. Look, look, me bang. Me bang. Me bang look good. Me bang, you look good. Me, man, you look good. So what, what, I mean, what happens? Because this is what I've been saying. I've been seeing that players like Russell Okun, Justin mm -hmm. Britt, Brandon Mebang, some of these guys in the league, they leave the league. Uh, they leave yeah. the league. Yeah. They get skinny. Then some of these skinny guys get big. What happened? Well, the thing is, G, you're on the other side. That football, that helmet that we wore. Yeah. Them shoulder pads we wore, them cleats we wore, them days are over. Mm-hmm. So who the hell are you? Who do you want to be? What do you want to become? And I believe that when you decide to hang the cleats up, it is your, essentially your next like journey to show the world, to show yourself who do you want to be. How hard is it, man? I, I've been, I, look, hey. I've been wanting to know, man. T tell me the truth, bro. For starts, it ain't easy. Was you struggling? When I first, when I first retired, I was I was on my honeymoon phase. Hey, I'm done. Yes, I got out healthy. Yeah, I got my money. I got my years in. I was on cloud nine. Yeah, about three months it hit me. Like, oh, dude, you done? You, you done? You don't get to go to the VMAC anymore. You don't get to put on these shoulder pads anymore. You don't get to hang out in the locker room with your brothers anymore. And it hits you, and it hits you hard. And it hits you hard. And the biggest piece, G, was. Since I was in college, I've been told what to do my whole life. Right. What time to be there, when to show up, where to be. All I got to do is just follow suit. I'm in this space now where I'm, on, I'm, essentially, I'm essentially on my own. It's, it's kind of like an isolated, it's like an isolation feel. Right. And um, I was talking to my wife last night. She was mad at me. About what? She was like, you doing so much. 
Well, she's like, you really not even doing anything. I was like, oh. I'm like, girl, who are you? First of all, who are you talking to? Second of all, you're right. Second of all, you're right, but who are you? And she was like, she said, I'm in the season of saying yes to everything. And I said, babe, I'm in the season of yes. I got to say yes right now because I'm trying to set something up for the future. I've been told what to do. You think that I can just roll out of bed and just have life figured out? Right. Smiths don't work like that. Some dudes, when they get done with the league, you got a job. Mm-hmm. This is what you're doing. You on this. Some dudes, you like searching and finding, like, what is my next passion? Like, what else can I be good at? Right. And it ain't easy, G. It ain't easy for some guys. So what do you – so three months after you played, after you retired – you wake up and you you hurting. You wake up and you know. But let's just call it what it is. Are you depressed? That's a strong word. Okay. I'm not. You're not depressed. What are you then? You're lonely. You feel isolated. You got FOMO. You know what FOMO is? Fear of missing out. <laughs> yeah, you fear of missing out. Like I'm missing out on something. You miss your boys. Mm. That's 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 a real thing. And so it just hits you like, dang. Like I love my wife. I love my kids. That being said, like, I've been doing this since I was 18, 17 years old. And I ain't got it anymore. That's but, you not- got, but you got friends, though, right? You got former friends. You got friends that used to play. So you got all your, your partners. You call them up. What they say? Let's kick it. Let's go get some lunch. Cool, bro. I want to. <laughs> you know what I want to do? I want to be in the locker room chilling, <laughs> talking smack with the boys. I want to go out there on the practice field, run around. You can go to lunch. You can get some Joey's. That's fine and dandy. Right. But I've been, when, when training camp hit, you know, no, the first game hit, you know your body's on the clock. Yeah. First game, I'm, ha- I'm having jitters. I'm, I'm like, my hair standing up on my arms. I'm like, it's, it's, it's game day. That don't go away, G. That oh. don't go away. My body's been on the clock for 11, 12 years. You so, think this just up and stop or you don't want to just get out there anymore? Oh, well, so here's here, here's the thing, okay. Um, Twenty years that I have been blessed to be a part and be connected to the Seahawks organization, mm-hmm. and over the last twenty years, I have had many many discussions with players that have retired about this topic. Yeah. And here's what stands out: every time I ask, "What would you do? What would you do?" Very few. Very few admit that they've gone to therapy. Mm-hmm. Very few admit that I need someone to talk to. It's always, oh yeah, I just go to lunch or I go visit this person or I talk to this person. But it feels like this topic is so big, but yet it's not being talked about. Mm-hmm. Why? When it, when it comes to this space, because we never really had to talk about it. We could always mask it. With football, we always had that escape. Mm-hmm. We had that if, if I am having a bad day, if my wife is tripping, my kids going crazy, I could go to work for nine, ten hours and be in my element and come home for an hour to go to sleep, eat dinner and go to sleep. We never, we never really had to face it because we always had that, 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 that crush to lean on. I got ball. I can go through the practice field. I can go tackle somebody. I can go hit somebody. I can get that release as a ball player. And so we never really had to face it. Can I tell you why I didn't understand it in the beginning? But I do understand it now. Because in the beginning, I ain't going to lie to you, man. I'm like, okay, 
I'll just take you for an example. I ain't going to lie to you. It ain't hard to find out how much money you done made in your career. I look at the amount of money you done made in your career, bro, and I'm like, hmm, how in the world are you upset? How are you struggling? Mm -hmm. So I equate, or if you will, society equates to if you have money, you have success. So what problems can KJ have if he's made a lot of money? Gee, I retired. I decided to retire because my mental was in a bad space. Can you? I kid you not. When I was in Vegas, I was caught up. I'm gonna be transparent. I was laying in my bed one night. I got the phone with my wife and kids. I went to bed crying. No, you did. I went to, crying, tears rolling, tears rolling down my eyes, crying because I was in a space. I had got all the money in the world, playing for the Raiders, got a job, but that mental side, like when. When you don't got your support system, when you don't got your team, when when life's not good at home, you're not happy. And so I, I called the Seahawks. Um, as soon as the season, as soon as the season ended, I went to John Snyder. I said, "Hey, John, I, I just played for the Raiders. I loved it there. With that being said, if I'm not back home playing for Seattle, it's a wrap. It's it's a wrap. I'm not about to go through this journey of." free agency where I'm just waiting, to, you know, September, October to get picked up. Right. I'm not about to travel across the country to go play and tackle people. Mm. I need to be with my team. Schneider looked at me. He was like, I had a feeling that's why you were coming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's like, I had a feeling that's where you were coming. Yeah. Make a long story short. How did John turn you down? He turned me down. I, uh, yeah, he turned me down. Yeah, we got Jordan Brooks. We got Bobby. Right. You know, if something happens, we'll bring you back. I said, John, I'm not about to wait. I'm not about to be working out by myself to, for something to happen. And I said, if it's not happening right here, right now, yeah, I'm going to call it quits, man. So that money stuff, it's it's cool. Mm. I'd rather have it than not have it. Mm-hmm. But it don't it don't mask everything. I mean, speaking of masking, I, I, I think about your career. And you had a successful career, right? And a lot of NFL players, they come and go, a lot of successful careers. And then I think about where we are right now, what's happening this week, the NFL draft. Yeah. A whole new crop of individuals. Yes. And the crazy thing is, is there's so many lessons. So I don't know who listened to this, probably like two or three people. Mm -hmm. But of the two or three people that's probably listening right now, there's a whole bunch of players that are be coming in from college. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of uh, free agent signings. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of families that are going to learn. <laughs> There's going to be new cousins, new friends. Oh my God. There's going to be your DMs are going to be lit up. That girl that didn't like you in high school. Uh huh. All of a sudden, you're cute now. <laughs> your ass is still ugly. She just wants that pocket change this guy. Man, it's so much. But, you know, matter of fact, you going to the NFL draft. I'll be out there. What you doing out there? So the NFL is bringing me out. I'm announcing either the second or the third round pick that the Seahawks take. Okay. And so who it'll be, I'm intrigued to see. You talk to John. Uh, who are they picking? Who the Seahawks picking? I have no idea. Seahawks got the number five pick in the draft. Yeah. Everybody talking about who they going to pick in there. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I was thinking about it. Instead, let's just do this. Yeah. Everybody has all their opinions on whether it's C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, who's going to be the number one pick, and, and Will Anderson, all these. Everyone mm-hmm. knows that. Mm-hmm. But from what you know about mm-hmm. the Seahawks, mm-hmm. in this NFL draft, pick one player. 
I want you to give me one player that you believe would be the best in a Seahawks uniform with you understanding the culture and the coaching and everything that goes on in this city and inside the Virginia Mason Athletic Center. Let's be honest here. Be honest. One player that would fit the best in a Seahawks uniform. There's this guy that I watched all season long. SEC Offensive Player of the Year. Comes from a football background. Plays quarterback. Coming off an ACL injury. When I look at the quarterback from the Tennessee boss, Henderson Hooker. Ooh. Gee, if the Seahawks take this man at pick number five, this will be a home run. This will be a home run. I'm telling you, I look at this man and I see a, I see a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I see a Super Bowl winning quarterback with Henderson. I wasn't prepared for this. Bryce Young will be gone. CJ Stroud will be gone. This is the future of the Seattle Seahawks if they take him in. Okay, five. let's go. Let, let, let's let's go through the picks. Okay, number one pick, Carolina Panthers. Right now, as it stands, yeah. not to say that it can't move. We got the Carolina Panthers, number one. We got the Houston Texans, number two. We got the Arizona Cardinals, number three. three the Indianapolis Colts four. Colts, four. And the Seahawks, five. Yep. Number one. Who's going to be the number one pick? Bryce Young. Wait, what? Wait, whoa. Bryce Young. No, he's not. No, no, he's not. Who go, gee, who going to be number CJ one? CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud will be a Carolina Panther come Thursday. We can make a bet on the side. We'll do that later. <laughs> C.J. Stroud will be the number one pick by the Carolina Panthers. If I'm a GM, I'm going to take Bryce Young. Okay, who number two then? Bryce Young? Bryce Young. Okay, yeah. cool. Number three. Who, who's that? Um, you got to go. So right now, number three is the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. They already have their quarterback, so now they're probably going to take. Okay, we'll continue. <laughs> they, they, they took it out. He doesn't. No, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I would say in this case right here, I can't really say what needs they have. But if, if it's a home run pick, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I go with Will Anderson out of Alabama. It's safe. It's a home run. You know what you're getting. Yep. He's a dog. Can yep. rush a yep. pass or play yep. the run. Yep. You cool. You cool with Will Anderson. Now, now we go Indianapolis Colts. This, this is a toss-up. Toss-up what they do. Do they trust? Do they? Do they trust Levis? Do they trade back? Do they go defense? Everybody's mm. thinking Levis, right? Why? It, I couldn't tell you. But can, let me just say this because you got me excited when you said that you think the Colts will take Levis. Let that happen because if that happens, then home run for the Seahawks. Then home we run for guy. the Seahawks. We got the guy, and his name is Anthony Richardson. My bad, my bad, my bad. You just you just said you like my guy in Tennessee. What you like about Richardson? Move the chains. Hear me out. Explain this to me because the the season he put together was okay. Yeah, second round, second round grade. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know who almost dropped to the second round? Lamar Jackson too. But I think people have gone to school on that. If there's one thing that I let me just go to school on back when your t team used to play. You want to know one thing that you guys did well besides play defense? What we did. Move the chains. Okay. Move, move the chains. Okay. Russell and Marshawn, they moved the chains. You know what I'm saying? Come hook a crook, that number three was really good at moving Absolutely. those chains. Absolutely. And I believe he found a way. He found, he, a, way. He found, a, way. He found a way. I think Anthony Richardson can fit that mold. I think he can fit that mold where he finds a way. Let's say the game on the line. 
two-minute drill, you down four points. You need a touchdown to win the ball game. You want Anthony Richards as your quarterback? Gee, stop playing. Because he got to beat you with his arm. We're going to spy. Hold up. We're going to spy you. We're going to cage. I'm going to tell you what we're doing on defense. When I see him, we're going to spy you. We'll put a um, a Bobby Wagner on you. We're going to rush three linemen. We're going to cage the pocket. We're going to run cover two on the back end. What you going to do? You no. going to dice me up with your arm? You going to take off running? So you're judging, you're judging this quarterback based upon right now. And see, the beauty in this situation is this. The Seahawks are in a dynamic situation that the Colts aren't in, that the Carolina Panthers aren't in, the Texans aren't in. And what is that? They can bring their quarterback and have him sit for a year because they got Geno Smith. Shout out to old man Geno Smith. Congrats, Geno. Congrats. Get that, get that paper. You did well last season. Way to prove everybody and write back whatever you need to do. <laughs> but when it comes to right now, they have the opportunity to, in my opinion, to bring in Anthony Richardson and say, come on and sit down the same way the Kansas City Chiefs did to Patrick Mahomes when he sat behind Alex Smith. That is a win-win for the Seahawks and Anthony Richardson. He gets to sit back. There's no pressure. There's no pressure like the pressure was maybe on a Trey Lance. There's no pressure on a quarterback. You tell me what it's like when you face a rookie quarterback for the first time. When you see, you see their eyes. You see them lights is bright. It's a field day. You know nothing. You essentially know nothing about NFL football. Come on. We about to run this. Defense going to be fast. We're going to blitz you. We're going to throw some curveballs at you. It's a field day if I face a rookie quarterback. And so if if Richardson is on the team, they can put him in Wildcat, get him there in the red zone, do some stuff with him. But I'm thinking about the future. We're thinking of winning Super Bowls. We're thinking of winning Super Bowls. I don't know. You tell me in practice. You- name, name, name the last Super Bowl quarterbacks. You got Patty Mahomes, Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. Guys that can beat you with their arms. Joe Burrow's in it. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. They have they have a look. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not the guy. Well, wait, they, oh. they got a distinguished look to them, and they beat you with their arms. I, I, I just can't believe I'm having this discussion with you because we can go back to your teams, and we can talk about – we could talk about what number three, Russell Wilson, did. Now, Russell Wilson developed and became a really good passer. But Russell Wilson as a passer today and later on in his career was not the same as it was when he got here in 2012 and when you guys won the Super Bowl in 2013. And Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't have the stats in front of me. But in the playoffs, into the Super Bowl, Look up the stats when you get a chance. Russell Wilson averaged 166 yards passing. And you guys were dominant. You won 48 to 3 against. Come on now. Well, is this defense go get anywhere close to the Legion of Boom? No, they're not. Is this defense going to be a top five defense anytime soon? No, G. <laughs> no. So go get a quarterback. Go get a guy that when you put the ball in his hands, you're putting up 30 plus points a game. This this era of of dominant defense run the football. No, this is a quarterback. League. Ah, okay, that's fair. This is a quarterback. That's, that's fair. League. So we can't we can't think about the good old days. Those days are over oh, and done with. Okay, so okay, from the defensive side of things, is this what you're saying? Are you saying gone are the days of a dominant running quarterback winning Super Bowls? Because I'd I'd argue a running quarterback has never won the Super Bowl. Russell won. I, I, I mean, 
that's a conversation for another day. Fair. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so 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 you so you're saying that today's quarterback, so the most recent winner was Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes different. He just I don't even know what he is. Mm-hmm. He's the best you? quarterback of this generation. He is. Best, huh? I played this dude twice last year. Man put about 40 points on us. <laughs> what makes him so good? His, his play caller, one. I think it's Andy Reid. Man, why would you even? It's Andy I'm Well, sorry. they still got an offensive coordinator. It's, it's Andy Reid. Okay. So his when, play caller is good, so, and he's just a magician with the football. So when you played defense, was it, uh, was it Dan Quinn? Was it Gus Bradley, or was it Pete Carroll? <laughs> None of the above. It was us. Oh man, what do you mean it was us? We call about four plays a game. <laughs> we call about four plays a game. Just straight man to man. With all due respect, straight uh, cover three. Cover three. Mm-hmm. Hey, you took the game plan on on Wednesday. What are we about to do? Uh, cover three. <laughs> it ain't that damn hard. So anyway, <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's talk about when these dudes do get drafted. What happens when you get drafted? You got. What happens to the families? Oh, Let's man. talk about what happens to the families. Oh man, oh, let's man. start with the families first. first I want to, I want to, I want to talk about that, and I'll tell you that some of the things, a lot of the things that I have seen over the years. Here's a sentiment that's said often: when so and so got drafted, or when they became a pro, they changed. Here's the truth: when that person got drafted. A lot of family changes. A lot of friends change. The conversation changed. And I think the toughest thing that I've seen for you guys is this. Besides you guys having to worry about your job and, and, and doing the, that on the field, you go from being grandson or mm. son mm. or nephew to all of a sudden now you big cutty. Now, now, now you big bro. Now you, hey, I need to talk to you about. Now you got grandparents calling the the, the 22, 23 year old asking for advice. You have, that is probably the toughest thing is to see the power dynamic shift. You are now the head of the family at 22, 23 years old. And it happens with a simple phone call. Just like that. You're no longer this little kid. You are the head honcho right now. And the mental, just the weight that that puts on a young man's shoulder, I just want to go and play football. I just want to go live out my dream. But you coming from this angle, I got companies coming in from this angle that would be my financial advisors. I got this, I got that. And you can't even focus on ball at times. Because the easiest thing for y'all is ball. That's easy. Everything else is tough. And we have no idea. How, how am I going to tell my grandmama no? How am I going to tell my mom who raised me from birth? I, I want this. I, son, this new house, we've been, in, we've been in the projects this long. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just like it's mandatory that yeah. this new house, it, it, I got to get this new house. Back in 2011, did you have anybody call you up and say, hey, hey KJ, remember when I used to? Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> hey, remember I used to pick you up? Remember, 
Remember when I uh fed you this one time? You, you had somebody call and, you? And, and as a player, you or as, a, as an athlete, you feel that guilt. Like, man, they did take care of me when I was a young, when mm-hmm. I was a young buck. They did, when I was at Mississippi State and they had no money, they did slide me $100 so I could eat. And they remind you of that, don't they? Yeah, and <laughs> you had this sense of guilt, like, man, you know, I do got this money or I, I can help them out. Let me just help them out this one time. Right. And then one time turning to 20 times. Did you do some help your first year? Yeah. You felt obligated, huh? I felt obligated. I was like, man, my friends. Tell me the first time you said no. And how hard that was. <laughs> and the way that I said no was, let's say somebody asked me, hey man, can I get a thousand dollars? I said, a thousand dollars? I ain't got no thousand dollars? I'll give them like two hundred dollars. Oh, no, so, so you so if they ask for a thousand, so the best thing to do is start high. So if there's any family members listening, start high. Like ask for a hundred thousand. <laughs> ask for a hundred. Don't ask for a thousand. So if you really yeah. need a thousand, ask for ten thousand. Yeah. And so you just feel this sense of guilt obligation and it comes at you fast mm. and it comes at you your whole life to this my whole career somebody somebody coming with something i had somebody ask i've had people ask me for hundreds of thousands of dollars oh really hundreds i said say what and so how do you say no you mean to pay that's that was easy uh, <laughs> yeah we ain't gonna entertain that okay and you just like i can't do it holler my financial advisor as you progress as a man, when I got my family, got my wife and kids, they first. And if you don't fit in my plan, I, it's a what's, hard, it's what's a hard the, conversation what's to the, Okay, how about, how about businesses? What's the craziest business proposal you've ever had? Where somebody called you up and said, hey, KJ, look, I need to talk to you. I get it all the time. Restaurant, I'm about to open up a restaurant. Yeah. You'd like to invest in this restaurant? No. <laughs> and I'm about to start this coming unit? No. <laughs> No, I have no desires for that. So it comes all the time. And people just see us as, as dollar signs. And that's what comes with the territory. I understand that people see you as dollar signs. Okay, so we got these young bucks that's getting ready to come in. And by the way, my guy Quincy Avery, shout out to Quincy. He said something the other day on Twitter. And he said, we should do away with the NFL draft. We should just do away with the NFL draft and just open it up to just straight free agent signings. That's a deeper topic. Okay. I actually I actually like that idea, but we can get it where you can just like, hey, if your team wants to sign you, they sign you. You get rid of the pomp and circumstance of the draft, but that's another story. Okay. okay. But let me let me get into this part. Um, how about this? I've been fortunate enough to be around this game now 20 years. Mm-hmm. You've been around this game for a long time as well. Mm-hmm. How about we add the top five things on what not to do when you show up as a rookie, I'll go first. I'll go first. And I'll top, top things not to do. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it has nothing to do with the field. Mm-hmm. This is everything off the field. Mm-hmm. You ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Number one, when you first get here and you show up for that rookie camp and you get in the lay of the land, stay away from them bars and clubs right away. You here for a job. You there to work. Stay away from there when you first get. What to about if I'm in South Beach, Miami, and it's 80 degrees and thongs everywhere? What What do I do with that? <sighs> well, first of all, <laughs> you can't tell a you can't tell a young man that. G. Is there a small part of being in Miami that's probably the reason? When last time Miami won a Super Bowl? Is it, is 72 it, Dolphins? Is that kind of a reason why? Like, because I'd too imagine it's harder to say no in South Beach mm-hmm. than it is in Renton, Washington, right? Nine day. Nine day. So 
I'm gonna you, it's your turn next. But I'm throwing stay out away. stay away, especially rookie camp and all that kind of stuff in that first week or so that you're here. Hey man, stay away from them places. Mm-hmm. That's one. Fellas, when you guys come in, don't come in with the mentality of like, I know what I'm doing. You have no clue about this NFL journey you're about to embark on mm-hmm. or embark in. Understand that I'm gonna just stop. I'm gonna stop there. Don't come in there with the mentality of like I know what I'm doing. That's number that's number two. Number three. When you get to the facility and you get to being around everybody, don't just treat the coaches with respect. Treat everybody with respect because people are watching you. That goes to the trainers. That goes to the cooks. That goes mm-hmm. to the equipment staff. Mm-hmm. That goes to everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you, you you want to know one of the best that I've ever seen this happen? Real quick, I, that's Put number it. three. You're number four. Let's go back to 2012. Back then, as some of you guys know, you guys know. 2012. I used to, yeah. 2012, I used to clean cars for a living. I, I was the car wash guy for the Seahawks. But during that time, I'm out there, I'm cleaning cars. I'm doing my thing. All the rookies are showing up. Right? If you guys can go through, you can go through all who's showing up. And this guy gets out of his, he pulls up, gets out of the car. I see him. I recognize him. Mm-hmm. He comes over to me and says, hey, how you doing? I'm Russell, Russell Wilson. He came and introduced himself to me, the car wash guy. I mean, it stood out to me because hmm, that was different. But it lets me know, looking back then, that Russell always knew he was going to be a star. Now, I get, we, mm-hmm. it, later on, we could talk more about that and some of the things, but that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Treat the people, everybody. everybody, the same way. Because what happens is they all talk. Yep. If you go in there and you mess around with the chef, you know who you go tell? Five minutes later, the gym go roll around. <sighs> He'll be like, that, that rookie you just got, that dude a knucklehead. Mm-hmm. That dude you just brought in, he just demanded that I make these eggs for him or this, this sandwich for him. They all talk. Mm-hmm. They all talk. Point number four. Mm. Don't come in and let the reason why you don't make the football team is because you don't know your playbook. Ooh. If you come in and you go to rookie minicamp, you go to OTAs, and you lost, you confused, you don't know how to get lined up, shame on you. The I've, the most the most times I've seen guys get cut is because up here was all jacked up. They stepped on you. How the hell you come to to walk through to practice and you don't know the plays? Mm-hmm. We got a blitz coming. We got strong smash guys on, and you don't know. You looking at me saying what I got? That's the main way to get guys cut. Not knowing what they're doing, so don't come in like you said, going out, going this. If you're not in your books, if you're not watching that film. You don't want to be in the NFL, essentially. Mm. I got number five. And I feel like when I say this, it sounds simple. And people are going to be like, duh. But I can't tell you how many times, from my view, being in the parking lot, washing cars, that I've seen individuals show up right on time. Oh, my God. They show up right on time. Do not show up right on time. That's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, now, see, because a, a lot of, of these players, you come from different universities, mm-hmm. different systems, mm-hmm. and some, this university might be real strict on time, mm-hmm. and this one might be lax on time. Mm-hmm. 
This is what I'm telling you. Don't, if you need to be there, if that meeting starts at 8.15, or if that meeting starts at 8.30, you're not walking in at 8.29. What are we doing? Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. Tell us about if time. If a meeting starts at 8 o'clock, you need to be in the building at 7 o'clock. Period. If you're on that thing at 7.50, they watching you. Watching you. They watching you. <laughs> security, got to go past the security. They got cameras there. And you just walk in. You don't get time to look at your playbook. You don't got time to get in a hot tub. You don't got time to look, at, look over anything. You just showing up. You ain't a pro. And they see all that stuff. You always on camera. And they not going to say a word to you. Oh. They not going to say a word to you. They just go take notes. Oh, I, what time? Okay. I hear again at 7. I think that's notes. the biggest trick, too. I think when you're in college, you they know. Say something to you. They say something to you. But when you get to the pros, you're like, oh, man, they ain't say nothing. Oh, they see you. They watching. They, they watching you. And so get prepared. The mean started at eight. Get your mind and body right. Get your mind and body right. Here's a bonus. If you're a rookie and you show up, don't think you can do what the veteran can do. <laughs> don't think you can do what the veteran can do. Just because you see that veteran doing it, don't mean you can do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the good thing that the thing I need rookies to do is find that vet in the locker room. Find that guy that did it at a high level. Find Who's that guy that, that got his big time country. Find that guy that's in the league nine, ten years. And latch on to him. Who is that for you? Brandon Meebane and Big Red. Latched on to him. Oh hey, my goodness. How, how y'all get here? How y'all get your contract? You just got paid. Meebane was holding out my rookie year. Mm-hmm. They was like, man, when Meebane come back, we're going to be, I'm like, who the hell is Meebane? As soon as he came on the scene, I'm locked on to him. That's so funny you say that. That's so funny you say that. Last week, I was asked, in all of my years, who were some of the pros pro? Meaning individuals that you saw other pro players mm -hmm. look up to. Mm -hmm. I brought you up. But before you came up, because I went in succession of what I've seen over the last 20 years. Before you came up, I brought up Brandon Meebang and Red Bryant. Oh, yeah. And what stands out about those two is if you, if you think about it, if you go back to the Pete Carroll era, when it started, they kept yep, Meebane kept and Red Bryant yep. from there from the home because year. of this, because of that leadership. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just know that when you do come to a team, every vet not going to want to help you out. Every every uh, Some vets may look at you as a threat. Really? Oh, they draft, they draft this dude second, third round. They ain't going to put you on game. They ain't going to tell you how they got to where you are. You're going to peep that. You're going to peep that. You saw what um, Martellus Bennett said about Jason Witten. Mm. about how he didn't help him out. First and foremost, they ain't obligated to help you do a damn thing. Right. That's first and foremost. You, you, you a pro, handle your own business. But understand, there are dudes in the locker room that want to help you out. They want to see you be successful. They want to eat. So make sure you find those dudes so they can help you out. Your teammate, your former teammate, who, let's be real, he's going to walk into the Hall of Fame, Bobby Wagner. But you were there before him. And so you were there in 2012 when he was a rookie. So as soon as he walked in, did you grab Bobby and say, hey, I'm going to go show you some things? When Bobby first came on the scene, that was just my second year. Okay. And so low-key, I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> okay. 
I'm still trying to figure it out. Right. And um, I know he came out. He was quiet. Yeah. Not saying much. Man, what's up with this dude? This man on talk. <laughs> he all quiet. Yeah. And um, but over time, Bobby and I, we were those dudes. Yeah. We don't last. We don't last ten years in an organization because we play good. We last ten years in an organization because we are an asset in so many ways. We make the Seahawks brand look mm. good. We help the rookies and the second year guys. That's how we last for a decade. Do you last ten years in a league without Ken Norton Jr.? Not at all. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't make the team <laughs> rookie year if I ain't got Ken Norton. You Jr. know what? I'm glad you bring that up. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I know this is your stuff. This is KJ all day, and I'm probably not supposed to do and say what do I'm about think? to do. Do your thing. Can I say this? Do your thing. I need to get this <laughs> off my thing. chest. Do your thing. When you first showed up in 2011, and let me paint the scene a little bit. If you guys go 2011, that was a lockout season. Right, so basically, KJ had uh, no rookie camp, mm-hmm. no OTAs, mm-hmm. no mini camp, mm-hmm. none of that. So he wasn't able to show up. He and everybody else wasn't able to show up until 2011. Now, remember, I'm the car wash guy at the time, so I'm giving you my view. KJ, don't be mad at me. Do you think? Don't be mad at Do you me. Think? You had no swag, bro. There is no way you was gonna make. How the you team. define no swag? I mean, bro, you drove that white Impala. <laughs> No tenant windows. How's my clothes? Terrible. The, the, terrible. I can, saggy, I can admit that. Saggy jeans. I wore the baggy clothes. You had no swag. I can admit you that. You didn't even look like a linebacker. <laughs> Fam, if I didn't I know that. better, if I didn't know better, I thought that you were Seahawks security. You Damn! Did, you did, bro, you did not look like a <laughs> linebacker. I mean, I'm just, hey, I'm that's just the telling first. you. That's the first. When y'all get a chance, not do me a favor. Go, go back to KJ Wright 2010, 11, 11. See what he looked like. No, I know it was 11, but go down to 10 when he's at Mich- Mississippi State and see what KJ looked like. And you tell me when you see this guy, you see this guy fishbowl, <laughs> right? Hey. No tinted windows. He is going to have a 10-year career. He is going to be part of a team that wins two, uh, that wins a Super Bowl and goes back-to-back. He is going to be one of the most dominant linebackers in the game. <laughs> bro, you had no swag, bro. In my defense, are you done? First of all, are you done? I mean, I got more, but go ahead. First of all, are you done? I just had to, you know what? I, hey. I've been holding that for hey. years, bro. Like, hey, I ladies. did not think you was going to be good. Ladies, let me ask you this. <laughs> Who would y'all rather have? Sexy Steve or Steady Eddie? Hey, I'm Steady Eddie, baby. I'm Steady. You know what you're going to get? I'm a nice, clean cut, Mississippi rooted, down to earth type of brother. I'm just going to sneak these 11 years in the NFL and get up out of here. Some dudes come on the scene hot. Oh, they come in with the, with the Bentley truck. They come in with the, you know, $10,000 rent, and your ass is going out the league in four or five years. Who would you rather have, G? Sexy Steve or Steady Eddie? Well, I'm glad you bring up Steve because you showed up like Urkel. <laughs> and then you turned into Steve. To Stefan. And shout out to Family Matters if y'all watched that back in the day. TGIF. Y'all know how to go. But you showed up as Urkel and then you became Stefan. And Absolutely. Ken Norton Jr. is one of the biggest reasons why you did that. Ken Norton Jr. Yeah. built you up. He knows that. Everyone knows that. And to, to if it wasn't for him, we ain't having this conversation right if now. If you're drafted for another team, you make the team? 
Hell yeah, come on now. Don't try me like that. Oh, you was good. Don't try me like that. I was good. I, take, I, need, I needed to be groomed properly. Now, now, though I talk that stuff about you, I want to share with you when you did get my respect, though, is you hurt your shoulder early on. Not, be, not a lot of people knew that. Not a lot of people. Everybody see you in that shoulder brace mm -hmm. your whole career. Mm -hmm. Where did that injury start? Not a lot, a lot of people know this story. R rookie year. Second game. We playing the Minnesota Vikings. And Toby Gearhart, big cornbread fed I white boy. I remember him. Out of Stanford. Out of Stanford. Mm -hmm. He come through as, a, as an iso play to my left side. I go and tackle Toby. My shoulder just give out. I shake it off. I'm like, dang. That go get an MRI the next day. Say, KJ, you tore your left labrum. You got like a third degree tear. I said, what? I said, okay. It was like, you got to get surgery on your shoulder. I said, oh, I'm not getting no damn surgery. How long am I out? They said the whole season. Here I am, fourth round draft pick, trying to make the team, looking like Steve Urkel. <laughs> <laughs> I was faced with my first real NFL decision. I said, KJ, do you get your shoulder fixed or do you tape this thing up and you go to work? It was an easy decision for me. I said, I got to make this team. I've been doing this moment my whole life. If I want to make a good first impression, you got to play as a rookie. And so my whole career, every all 11 years, <laughs> I still ain't got to fix to this day. Uh, I wore that harness. Who who advice, who did you go to for advice on that? Like, I know you're talking to yourself, but who did you go to to be like, should I get the surgery or should I not? You know, the first my call was my dad. Mm. Hey, dad, uh, the Seahawks saying, I got to get surgery. I don't think I don't want to get it. I think I can do it. He's like, son, don't do it. I'm like, let's go then. Mm. Let's go then. And so it, it was easy for me. He He knew it. I knew it. We go, we here. Right. We here. And so if you can play through it, I got I got a motto. If you can run, you can play. If you if you can run as a linebacker, then you can play. Mm. How long did you have that 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 Impala? Cause cause because <laughs> that's, that's another thing. Like, by the way, I, I, I make fun of it. By the way, shout out to you, because you used to let me clean it. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Used to charge you forty dollars. After my rookie year, I bought my dream car. You sure did. My escalade. Come on now. You sure did. I did everything in order because I had no money. What the hell am I about, G? <laughs> I ain't have no money. <laughs> I ain't get my signing bonus yet. Oh, that's right. I had to pull up in the Impala. Right. I had to. I ain't have no money. What'd you think when you first came to Seattle anyway? Like, what did you, I mean, like, you from, you from Mississippi. Oh. So you out here in Seattle. I thought what? I was in a whole new country. <laughs> See, mountains, lakes. Uh, pho? What the hell is pho? <laughs> calamari. It's like calamari. Malcolm Smith put me on calamari. So mm. I thought I was in a whole new country. That's funny, man, because what we eat today... I'm, I'm from the Midwest. You from the South. You love that stuff, too. What? You love it. Pho? Pho? Man, it's Seattle. A rainy day? There's nothing better than pho love on a rainy day. I love all that. I eat Korean food constantly. Shout out to my wife. She Korean. Korean, um... I heard they got some good fried chicken. Is that a stereotype? Yo. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, 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 hey. I don't want to make stereotypes. No, 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 no. But, 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 but also, um, to be for real, yo, Korean culture, the fried chicken, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, I heard. Oh. I heard. 
It's incredible. But it, yeah. But a lot of foods we eat. But you know what's crazy is that I didn't know this until I moved here, but this is the capital of teriyaki. Did you know that? Is it? Yes, bro. What kind of teriyaki? Ter- chicken teriyaki. Uh, chicken teriyaki. Wh- which is- ethnicity started it? I don't know who started it, but you got any chicken teriyaki <laughs> places in Mississippi? <laughs> I don't think so. Thank you. Yeah. Man, KJ, we we talked a lot about these rookies coming up and what they shouldn't do. Before we go and be done with this, I want to talk about what these new rookies, these new possible free agents, what they should do. For these rookies, they got to understand that your body is your temple. And you got to understand that there is a skill set when it comes to taking care of yourself, right? Don't wait until you get hurt. Like, oh, let me can I get my hamstring. Do stuff before you get hurt to prevent getting hurt. What can we? What can we do? What can they do? What can they do? The basics. Get your massages. When you get to OTAs, it's to be once a week. When you get to training camp, it needs to be once, twice a week. After practice, get in the cold tub. After practice, stretch. After practice, go get acupuncture. Do stuff to prevent getting hurt. Dudes wait until they get hurt. They're like, oh, can I get treatment now? Try to avoid the stuff before it even happens. Injury's going to happen. You gone, shit, stuff, stuff's going to happen. But there's stuff that you can do to avoid it before it even comes. So understand that the quicker you can learn that, find a vet, hey, hey, hey what do you do to take care of yourself? Mm. And follow his program until you figure out what works for you. You know what a lot of vets taught me over the years? As far as the hamstring. You know what they taught me? Watch out for dehydration. Mm-hmm. Dehydration can possibly lead to some of these hamstrings. And what's the number one cause sometimes for that dehydration? Liquor. Alcohol. Liquor. Y'all better y'all better stay away from that liquor. Liquor. <laughs> Beer. Yeah. S- smoking. Hey, put, put all this stuff in there. Smoking too. <laughs> yeah. Avoid that stuff, man. Understand that what you put in your body, what you give your body, it's going to give you back. Mm. What you give your body, your body go respond to it in a positive way. Or the negative way. When you come on, you come here, you putting up eating Popeyes, eating McDonald's, you go have a Popeyes and McDonald's body. Mm. Feed your body the right stuff. Feed that that liquor stuff, it, it catches up to you. It catches up to you. Day one, what I've learned from you guys over the years, day one, when you walk into there, that rookie camp, when you walk into that building for the first time, Understand that day one, clock is ticking. Oh, yeah. Soon as you walk in, clock is ticking. You'll be lucky if you get two or three years. Average. You'll be lucky. Average NFL career is 2.7, 2.8 years. You'll be lucky. What they going to do to separate themselves? What mm. they going to do to separate themselves? Who are you compared to the next 100 dudes that's going to come out next year? What you going to do now to start separating yourself as a rookie? You think you're just going to show up? It means at 8 o'clock you showing up at 7.50? Mm-hmm. Is that separating yourself? Mm-hmm. Are you putting this, this mess in your body? Is that what's going to separate yourself? Understand that this is a recycled league. They don't want to, each and every year, they want to find somebody younger and cheaper. What you going to do to say that I'm here to stay for the long haul? When, you know what I always want to ask? Um, obviously, you were drafted. But when I think of undrafted players, 
we can go through this league and we can think about all of the great players that have been undrafted. Mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to one of my favorite undrafted players to ever play, Doug Baldwin mm-hmm. and Jermaine Curse. Mm-hmm. When you were drafted and then over the years when you see some of these undrafted guys come in, how hungry are they? Funny story. Jerron Johnson, undrafted. I don't know if this – it had to be in training camp. It had to be in training This is our rookie year. They call up the third defense. 3D, go up. J.J. not even third string. J.J. fourth string. The third string safety must inherit what J.J. do. He ran out there with the, th- with the third string. Guess what happened the next play? <clears throat> Pick to the house. Next thing you know, J.J. ended up playing about seven, seven eight years. Off what? Of that one moment, undrafted dude. And the person that was in front of was a fourth, fifth round dude. You I, never, you I, never know when that moment gonna come. You never know when that play's gonna be made. When that opportunity comes, just take full advantage of it, especially if you're an undrafted free agent. Mm. I don't give a damn where you was drafted at. The ultimate goal is to make the final roster. That's the ultimate goal of your rookie year. That's the, that's the ultimate, and that's the first goal. That's the first goal. That's the first goal. The second goal is to sustain. And to stay there. Because you go, you go always have that undrafted free agent stigma on you. Mm. Oh, this dude was undrafted. Just like the first-round picks got a, a stigma on them. The first-round picks, they, they get chance after chance after chance. You be a first-round pick. Mm. You undrafted, they just they just see you like, yeah, you good. Yeah, you, you, you made it. But it's just you always got that attached to you. That stay but with it you. Don't, Where you get drafted, stay with you your whole it career. Stay, it stay with you. And that's a good thing. If you if if you are um, undrafted free agent, because you want to carry that with you, mm. yeah, I am undrafted. Yeah, y'all did pass up on me. Yeah, I do got this chip on my shoulder. Hell yeah, I'm pissed off, mm. and I'm about to take over. You tell me, Richard Sherman wasn't mad. He went fifth round mm. when he came on the scene. Y'all took me. Y'all took who in front of me? Hey, uh, New Orleans Saints. When y'all called me in the third round and said y'all was gonna draft me, y'all took Martez Wilson instead of me. Y'all called me and said y'all was gonna take me. You don't think I'm pissed off every time I'm taking you, Dallas Cowboys? And when you got Bruce Carter. In the third round, instead of me, you don't think I'm pissed off when I face y'all? You be thinking about you was thinking about that? Come on, man. You th- come wait, on now. Wait, hold Tennessee on. Titans oh. when y'all took Akeem Ayers? <laughs> I see. I peeped all that. Wait, I peeped all that. But but, but y'all be think. I mean, I thought us fans were petty. Y'all players be thinking about this stuff. It's, it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. How dare you disrespect me like that? When you look at my body of work. And when you look at his body of work, it's not even close. Mm. And for y'all to pass up on me, you're going to feel this wrath. I grew up a Cowboys fan. You, you, they, y'all didn't even call me during uh, interviews. Did you want to take Bruce Carter? I'm about to, uh, yeah, you know what's coming. You know what's coming. <laughs> that, that, was you kind of hurt by that? Fellas was hurt. Mm. What hurt me the most is when the Saints called me. They called me on draft day. They said, KJ, if you here, the third pick we, or a third round, we're going to take you. They took a quarterback, cool, running back, cool, but they took another linebacker at my spot. Real, real quick, before we get out of here, I, I, I want to I ask about that because um, we see, we see there, there's going to be a bunch of families together and parties and hanging out and everything, and the potential draft pick is sitting there with their family. You said you got a phone call from the Saints and saying, if you there and everything, you're like, okay, okay, okay. And you're like, hey, family, everybody. And then when they don't pick you, What's that feeling like when when the whole is it like getting turned down in front of your whole family? 
bro, you just got this big knot in your stomach. And it's like, it never goes away until it until it officially happens. You nervous, you stress. You like, my God, when is my time coming? And it feels like days. Well, hell, it was days for me. It was three days until that moment comes. So, so you had a party day one? Oh, no, no, no. It was my mom and my dad. Day one? Day two, mom and dad. You didn't want a party? <laughs> After party, <laughs> after party, hell no, yeah. no, no party. Folks bother me, looking at my face. What's going on? Oh, y'all stay away from me. Did you have an after party? Oh yeah, we turned up. Yeah, it was a good. You time. turned up. Whole city came out. Uh, Whole city came out. Anybody come in and say you? Uh, I always thought you was cute. We'll say the story for. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say the story for another day. It was some girls in high school. I'm like, hey, what? you know, you ain't giving no play back in the day. Now you want to fly to Seattle? You want me to fly you to Seattle? Yeah, come on up. <laughs> come on up. Hey, man, uh, fly safe out there. You getting ready to go out there for the draft. You know yeah. what I mean? What you wearing? Be clean. I got a suit from my girl, Alba. She out there in L.A. Y'all holler at her, Joanna Alba. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be I'm gonna be clean. I'm going to be casual. Okay. No tie. No tie. No tie. And uh, it's like a grayish blue suit. Be on point per usual. Uh, the next time we get together and talk, uh, the Seahawks first round pick. First pick, number one well, pick. Well, they got two picks, G. I know, I know. But who's the number one pick? The number one pick that they pick. That the Seahawks take? That the Seahawks take. They're taking Henderson from Tennessee. And their second pick is going to be a wide receiver. I like I like Buddy from um, Boston College. You like, you like Zay Flowers? I like Flowers. You know who I like. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Come on, now. You, come on. Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know? That, that boy's good. Is he, is he fast? What you mean is he fast? He ran a uh, four five. What you mean is he fast? Well, hold on, hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa! Before we get out of this, it's interesting. Is <laughs> does is that tell what kind of player that they're going to be? I messed up and, mis- and, and I misjudged kills, you. Speed kills at that receiver spot. Mm-hmm. Tell them we got DK Tyler, this young boy. What's the charger uh, wide receiver? Kenan Allen. Is he fast? He's not, but he's a dog, and yeah, he can get past you. Okay. Steve Smith. He fast? He's kind of fast. But he's just a dog. <laughs> he a dog. Where did Doug even run? Like, all I'm saying is, is the whole 40 thing is so subjective. And you want Anthony Richardson. Okay. Oh, you got me on that one. And you want Anthony Richardson, <laughs> who ran a 4-4, who oh. bench pressed so many times. <laughs> okay. Forget all that, man. <laughs> You, you show me where you are on tape. That's who I'm going to believe. Mm-hmm. And with Henderson and Flowers, they're my top two. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it. Uh, I don't disagree with you if they do uh, have two picks. I do think they just go quarterback wide receiver. That's on my mind. But if they don't get the quarterback first, if they don't get the quarterback first, then that means Will Anderson will be there. I think they get Will Anderson out of Alabama. But the needs as far as the uh, the teams in front of them – is is not it's lining up if they were to all pick the way they were to pick it would line up for the Seahawks to maybe get a, a yeah. edge rusher like Will Anderson yeah. however is there a possibility that the Seahawks take a move and go trade to go up they're not trading up no they're not trading up they don't need to mm. why would you do that they don't need to they're, they're gonna stay put they're gonna be patient alright man have hey. fun Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'm about to go uh, eat some of your food up in here.
You already ate that, that, that Costco. I'm uh, hungry as hell. That wrap. <laughs> Appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all.